Welcome to episode 5, the 4th of July. On this episode, we discuss patriotic films and those films that take place on Independence Day. Johnny honors those in the industry that have passed, and Eddie lists movies that will be hitting the box office this month. We invite you to grab some popcorn and your favorite beverage, take a seat, and put up your feet, because we're talking movies. Welcome back. I'm Johnny Popcorn. And I'm Eddie Klieg, and we're talking movies. Today, before we get started, uh, we're going to do something that we're going to try to do uh, on a regular basis. And since we just started, we, we haven't done it yet. A little time has passed, and what, what this involves is making a comment about those people in the industry, the film industry particularly, that have passed on. And during the last several weeks, there are six individuals that we want to comment on today who have left us. First is Tim Conway, the comedian from Ohio, who became a star in Hollywood, starting out on television and primarily on television. He made a couple of movies, but he was the Carol Burnett show. And of course, he started with McHale's Navy. He was 85 when he died. Probably the biggest star that has left in the last few weeks is Doris Day at age 97 from Cincinnati, Ohio. She was an actress. First she was a singer, then she became an actress, and then, of course, an animal activist. She had a very dynamic uh, film career, particularly in the 60s with romantic comedies, pairing most often with either Rock Hudson and James Garner. Uh, she did a couple of dramatic roles, particularly uh, one with the gentleman's uh, hmm, Midnight Lace is the movie. And those of you out there can remember who it is. It'll come to me later. Again, when we do this memory, it sometimes leaves us. Uh, Peggy Lipton left. She was probably most famous for her role in the Mod Squad on TV and later on Twin Peaks. One of the reasons we wanted to mention her is her husband, Quincy Jones, the late film composer and also the composer for the fabulous TV show Roots. Fourth, Peter Mayhew, for those Star Wars fans, be in mourning because he played Chewbacca. He was 74. And John Singleton, the youngest of the group, but only 51, a famous director who at 24 years old was nominated for Best Director for Boys in the Hood. And he's left too soon. And lastly, the internationally famous director Franco Zeffirelli, uh, who first made the scene, as, as I recall, uh, with Romeo and Juliet, and I think it came out in 1969, was a big smash here in the U.S. So those are some individuals that we wanted to recognize for their impact in the industry, and we do mourn their passing. Having said that, let's get on with the show, and where are we going now, Eddie? Well, Johnny, um, some might not know this, but back in the day, like back when there were no TVs and dirt roads, <laughs> you were an American history teacher. And since this, this week is the 4th of July, um, how about we talk about our country's birth, well, 4th of July? Well, yeah, that wasn't my distant past, and I and you, you and I have talked about how movies can encourage us to learn more about historic events. Most recently, of course, we reviewed war movies, and there were numerous of those. 
When it comes to the Revolutionary War and the events surrounding 1776 and after, the number is considerably less, especially when we consider major movie productions. And because of the upcoming 4th of July holiday, we wanted to explore films that explore or reflect the Revolutionary period. Now, to come up with enough films, we have selected films that either represent the period, have governmental or patriotic themes, use references to the holiday, and finally have independence in the title. And I admit, uh, that's a bit of a thematic stretch. However, we hope as you prepare for your 4th of July celebration, you will take time to reflect on the early days of our nation and the sacrifice of those first American patriots who pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to bring forth a new nation in 1776. Now, Eddie, what film do you think we ought to start with? Well, Johnny, since we're talking about 1776, how about we talk about the movie, musical movie, 1776, which I watched recently in preparation for the show. It is um, a very funny movie. My daughter saw me watching it, my older daughter, and rolled her eyes a couple times. But it's, uh, I really liked it. I mean, it revolves around the days leading up to July 4th, when the Declaration of Independence was signed by, I think it's the Second Congressional Congress. I believe that's correct. Um, So the movie mainly concentrates on the challenges that John Adams and Ben Franklin face as they're trying to get a unanimous vote to um, declare independence. So, what, which was cool was seeing um, John Adams is played by Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World, or other, other, otherwise known as William Daniels. Uh, ben Franklin, played by Howard De, De Silva, is mm-hmm. that it? De Silva. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was funny. That guy was unbelievably funny. Um, and just a side note, he was blackballed from Hollywood. I looked him up on the... Um, right. On the Wayback Machine, just doing some research, and I was shocked to see that. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, played by Ken Howard, and John Dickinson, played by Donald Madden. So a, lar- a large portion of it is spoken and sung dialogue that is actually is all grabbed from actual letters and memoirs of the actual... The writers wanted to present Adams, Jefferson, Franklin, and the others as truthful as possible. So that, that was pretty cool, because there's a lot of singing in it. Um, what was, what's your favorite song? I can't remember. Yeah, the molasses to rum to, yeah. I forget the, the detail, but that the guy who sings it, it's, it's kind of a dark song because it deals with the issue of slavery, which they basically dodged. Uh, what's interesting, the point, uh, the producers or the, the people who put it together, a lot of people don't like to read straight history, and I know that from having tried to teach history. Some people don't see it as somewhat relevant, and kids want to be entertained a bit. This was the first effort to kind of do that, and you know who has captured that same essence and made it very, very interesting is Hamilton. The new, the new, uh, newest thing by uh, Miranda, where... Again, musically, he has been able to take these very complicated situations and teach it quite well, and people have raved about it. So this was along the same venue, and it was very well done. This was originally 
it was a, a play, stage, right? Yeah, a stage so it play. Was an actual stage yeah, play. it was a stage play. It's and it was made into film, and that's happened to a lot of these, particularly musicals. Obviously, Oklahoma and it was, uh, it was made in 1972 and so on. Nineteen seventy-two, which is before I was born. So, <laughs> oh, so I have a, I have a question for you. Yeah. How much do you think the budget was for the movie back that, in seventy-two? Back in seventy-two, let's say it was eight million dollars. Wow! No, it's four million. Whoa! I thought four see. million was a lot. Yeah. Uh, how much do you think it grossed? Uh, I'm not sure it did all that well in the theaters. Let's say it did uh, fifteen. Six. Yeah, see, again, we're back again to, I think it probably has become uh, probably seen much better on reruns on TV and people may have paid attention to it. And hopefully some of you out there will revisit it here for the holidays. It was, it was really funny. I, I'll tell you, the, the whole time John Hancock is killing flies with the fly swatter on his desk because it's so, <laughs> so hot, they're sweating. And if they close the windows and the flies don't come in, they're sweating like crazy. Mm-hmm. But then if they open the windows, flies are all over the place. It's pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, the guy from Rhode Island, Hopkins from Rhode Island, hilarious. He was always drunk, drinking rum. Um, and uh, <laughs> in the first half of the movie, Thomas Jefferson was just trying to go home. He wanted to go home to his wife. And um, at first I was, you know, why does he want to go home? Well, I guess he hasn't seen her in a while right now. But he, he quote, was burning. He was burning for her. So <laughs> I thought that was funny. But a lot of the, the songs are pretty pretty funny. They, there's one song, and they're playing Hot Potato, basically, with the quill, because the five, the five guys that were on the, quote, committee for coming up with the Declaration of Independence right. were passing it around. And um, the, I thought that was pretty cool. And then lastly, I'd just say that uh, Franklin brings Jefferson's wife to... Uh, they're in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in know, Benetton. And they go, you know, he takes her upstairs, and Adam's like freaking out because he realizes that Jefferson and his wife are spending some quite quality time together in the middle of the afternoon. And Adam's like, what? It can't be done in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> but, and then Martha, it was the weirdest thing. Gwyneth Paltrow, I know that her mother is Blythe Danner, mm-hmm. right? right? Blythe Danner played Martha Jefferson. But when she came down the stairs, I swear it was Gwyneth Paltrow with long hair. Well, and when you're right talking now, 1972, yeah. uh, they, they Blythe was a little younger. I mean, I don't necessarily think they look, I mean, they look like a, a little bit now, but it was a spitting image. It mm-hmm. was it was funny. So that was that. That's, that's my 19, or my 17, I'm sorry, 1776. So. And that is the one that specifically, we can say, spells it out. Yeah, definitely. So what else we got? Anything else you want to comment on? Um, there's also the Disney movie, since I'm the Disney guy on That's this show. That's right. Uh, 1957, which is a long time ago, Johnny Tremaine. Uh, it was directed by Robert Stevenson and based on a book by Esther Forbes. I think that's her name. Starred Hal Stalemaster, who I have the slightest idea who that is, but I know that you do. Right? I thought it would. Well, he he didn't last long in film. I'm not sure, and I haven't double-checked if he's related to the Stylemasters who've been no, in, big I, in the sound industry. I think it's spelled the same way, and, and maybe I'll check that up for the next time, just out of curiosity. And Luanna Patton, I saw that film in the theater. It is in color. It's a Disney color film, uh, which Disney used a lot of color when he filmed his uh, 
even the old Davy Crockett, which we saw on TV in black and white, but when you went to the theater, it was in color. It's a sweet movie. It details one of the biggest things is the recreation of the Boston Tea Party. It's yeah. the Sons of Liberty, uh, the rebellious group that Sam Adams created uh, when they got the, ball, the, the proverbial revolutionary ball rolling. Right. And uh, unlike his cousin John, who was a little more cerebral, Sam, uh, who's now renowned, of course, for a special brewing company uh, from Boston, uh, was a little bit more uh, quicker to punch rather than write something. So that's that's what they dealt with in Johnny Tremaine and the, the, the Liberty Tree that they gathered around and sang about. So there is some music in that as well. Yeah, that, I mean, that's it for, for that movie. I, mean, yeah. I can go into the description a lot, but you pretty much got it. Paul Revere and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was That's actually, cool. wasn't he, he, as I recall, Johnny Tremaine was apprenticing to be a silversmith. Yeah, he was a silversmith apprentice. Um, he got in trouble because he was working so hard he'd work on Sundays. You know, that was a no-no back then. <laughs> uh, he got hurt, and he couldn't uh, continue with that career. So he went to... Um, Jonathan Light, is that his? Uh, oh. That I don't recall. I don't oh, recall. It's been a while Anyways, since I've seen the film. It's his uncle, but the uncle doesn't know about him. So he brings this this cup that he has that his mother gave him, and he shows him. And then the guy calls his nephew a, a thief and, and a fraud. And that's what kind of, he ran away, and then he, he met up with the uh, Sons of Liberty. So other than that... Well, uh, as I say, we've, we've come up with a list because we, we did kind of stretches. Now, I have a few other films here that relate specifically to the events of the Revolution. The more recent one is Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger playing Mel Gibson's son in The Patriot, with Jason Isaacs uh, playing the very nasty British cavalryman who's based on the Tarleton, the real-life Tarleton uh, figure in South Carolina. But anyway... Mel Gibson, uh, it's one man's fight and personal sacrifices to help de defeat uh, current, uh, General Cornwallis, who's played by very, very good Tom Wilkinson. It's a pretty brutal film. Uh, if you haven't seen it, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's one scene with, uh, there's some backstory, some dark backstory with Mel Gibson and how he wields an Indian tomahawk. It's pretty brutal. A couple of others... One that even I had forgotten about uh, called Revolution starred Donald Sutherland and Al Pacino. This is in the early 1980s, and it's one man's fight to avenge the torture of his son by the British soldiers. So that's Al Pacino set against the revolutionary period. And another one which... Is a little stagey, mainly because it was based on a stage play, but the, the acting is so good. It's uh, The Devil's Disciple. A lot of you out there, this was made in the 50s. Uh, it's based on the old George Bernard Shaw play. Kirk Douglas and Burt Lancaster. Uh, Dick Dudgeon is the character played by uh, Kirk Douglas. And Burt Lancaster, I believe he plays a pastor. Anyway, they cause havoc for General Burgoyne, who's played by Lawrence Olivier. And this all takes place during the Revolutionary War, primarily in New York. So those are some specific films that we can absolutely say have a historical context. And we're not too far stretching the 
shall we say, the genre. Now, hey, before yes, you go, go any ahead. further, before we get too far, sure. I'm circling back to sure. Johnny Tremaine. Yep. <laughs> okay, so the only thing that I can find on the Wayback Way Machine uh, for Hal Stallmaster, he, he was the younger brother of former actor and casting director Lynn Stallmaster. That's it. That's it. Um, so. That is the Stallmaster uh, family then. He is of the same family. Yep. And if you look at the credits on me, uh, on a lot of films, particularly in television, in the shows in the 50s, late 50s and 60s, and of course, the co I'm sure the company still continues, you'll see Stallmaster listed. And I had the feeling they were into sound or something. But anyway, you'll see that name. So, hey, the old memory kind of kind of working here's a few i'm going to run down through these and we can comment and you can jump in eddie uh just to let the folks know give them a selection as you're planning uh we're doing this preceding the week uh since the fourth falls actually next thursday as we record this here's a grand old this is from the 40s but it's yankee doodle dandy and this was an award-winning performance by james cagney as the legendary composer and showman george m cohan uh, and I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. There's one of the th one of the top songs. Also, he did since during World War One. He was inspirational. It's a grand old flag. It's a high flying flag. That's George M. Cohen. He did a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, but he was very very successful showman. It's a well made film. Uh, if you like dancing, you like singing, you want to know a little bit about the history of theater. You can't do any worse than with the Cohan family because they performed as a family until his parents were too old and his sister kind of moved on. Um, Did he have a lot of macaroni? Uh, I don't know about and that. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Isn't there a macaroni yep, in there? Yeah, somewhere? That, well, then in the originally in the original <laughs> old song that they sang back in the Revolutionary period, yes. Here's one that actually has in, in the title "Born on the Fourth of July," and in, I don't know if you remember this one, Eddie. Tom, it's a Tom Cruise film. And it's an Oliver Stone film. In my war movies that I listed in the blog, uh, Platoon, which was based, inspired, I should say, by Oliver Stone's own Vietnam uh, activities. This is based on uh, a paralyzed uh, Vietnam veteran who's angry, of course, and his name is Ron Kovic. It's a true story, and he becomes an impassioned critic of the war. Another classic, this again, just because it relates to the government and has a patriotic overtone, James, James Stewart's classic, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Gene Arthur, Claude Rains, Thomas Mitchell, and this deals with a young congressman battling an entrenched government corruption. Uh, along that same line, Advising Consent was made in the 60s, and this is a star-studded political film uh, the star-studded cast, it's Otto Preminger. They filmed it in the halls and chambers of Congress. It was a big deal done when they m made this, and it's based on the Alan Drury film, or excuse me, Alan Drury novel. Uh, and the movie shows the political intrigue surrounding the pending confirmation of a presidential appointee. Along that same line, a couple of other things dealing with the presidency. There's Wilson, the terrific biography of President Woodrow Wilson, uh, Alexander Knox. Uh, this film actually got Best Oscar for Screenplay. And if you're familiar with President Wilson, it follows him from his presidency at Princeton through his New Jersey governorship to the White House and his administrative genius, as well as eventually his failure in his 
attempt to found the League of Nations, which subsequently after World War II becomes a model for the United Nations. Uh, best man, not to be confused with a more recent thing dealing with a marriage. This is an old Henry Fonda, Cliff Robertson film from the, actually 1964, based again on a stage play written by Gore Vidal, who also wrote the screenplay. And it's two politicians battling to become the presidential candidate for their party. And more recently, if you like Hugh Jackman, is well worth taking a look at the front runner, where he plays presidential candidate Gary Hart, whose 1984 bid for president ends with scandal. And if you're not familiar with the story, it's pretty cool. The press talk about the impact of the press. Well, they followed. He encouraged them to follow him around, and lo and behold, they found out he was really doing what they thought he was doing. Oops. <laughs> Now, a couple of stretches here. Did you see Front Runner? Yes, I did. Okay. I did. I watched it uh, actually about uh, two months ago. I'm a big fan of Hugh Jackman. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm a Wolverine fan, so. It's, it's <laughs> fairly new, that's why. It is. It is yeah. fairly new. And actually, I personally went to see Gary Hart at a political rally in uh, Berkeley, California, when he was running before all this happened. Two things here that tie in with dates. One, because it surrounds the 4th of July weekend, and this was a blockbuster. This should be no surprise. But this first real summer blockbuster by Steven Spielberg, Jaws, where poor Sheriff Brody, played by Roy Scheider, has to deal with the terror of a shark attack during that weekend. And, of course, Richard Dreyfus supports him as the shark expert, while Robert Shaw is Quint, the shark hunter. Now, I got to say something here, and I'm going to digress because you may have heard me say before over the last couple of episodes, Robert Shaw, we talked about Pelham, Denzel Washington remake of Pelham 123, right. and I said Robert Shaw played the bad guy in the original. Right. And, well, and then we were talking about Bond, and we talked about one of the first movies that some people think is pretty good, which is from Russia with Love. And who was the bad guy? Robert, Robert Shaw. Shaw. And in two other movies, if you want if you want to investigate him a little farther, he plays an Israeli security. Well, actually, he's, I think he's with the Mossad. Anyways, he's an Israeli who's trying to stop a terrorist from blowing up the Super Bowl in Miami with a blimp. It's called Black Sunday. If you haven't seen it, it came out in the 70s because Robert Shaw died in 1978, and I think it came out in 1976. It's actually pretty good. Bruce Dern is kind of a bad guy in that. Another one, if you want to see a period piece, I'm going to give a shout-out for Robert Shaw. He plays the Sheriff of Nottingham in a movie called Robin and Marion, which stars Audrey Hepburn and Sean Connery, made about 1976, again with, a, wait for it, music by, guess who, John Barry. <laughs> I'm starting to smell two shows. We're going to have a John Barry show at some point. <laughs> And a Robert Shaw show. At well, some point. Robert Shaw. I mean, we talk English actors. I mean, he was pretty good, but he did die unexpectedly, uh, much too young. And one other thing we're going to do to stretch the 1776 theme, Rocky. If those of you who remember, if you've got all the Rocky movies, the original, the championship match against Apollo Creed was going to take place during the centennial year for the Declaration of Independence. So, which would be 1976. And the match is not in July. They put it in January of 76, which was the start of the centennial year. 
So that's a stretch to bring Rocky into 17th That's why <laughs> Apollo Creed was wearing flag. Yep. Um, and he came out as George Washington. If you watch, yeah, he's wearing right. a wig and he's got the cape. <laughs> there, there's one movie that's not on here. Um, I know why it's not on here, because you made the list. And you don't like uh, Adam Sandler. But anyways, no, um, <laughs> also another movie that um, took place during the 4th of July holiday was Adam Sandler's movie. What the heck was it called? Yeah, there you go. I you just better check the, the Wayback Machine because, as I said, I I don't watch many of Sandler's movies. I, I, uh, I must admit a certain bias there. There were two of them. Oh, I can't believe I well, there's, can't there's two. While you're doing that, there's another couple movies you can comment on where we actually use the word Independence, Independence Day. Independence Day and Independence Day Resurgence. And those both take place 20 years apart, actually, during uh, the 4th of July uh, week or okay. weekend. Go ahead. Grown Ups. Grown Ups. There Jeez, you go. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, Grown Ups. The first one, at least, took place at a 4th of July party. A uh, bunch of guys from the youth uh, got together uh, with their families and stuff. So, sorry it took so long on that. <laughs> but, yeah, ended up going back to what you're talking about, Independence Day. Mm -hmm. And Resurgence. And Resurgence. Yeah, we saw Resurgence together. That was uh, one heck of a when, – when Independence Day came out – so that was what twenty years about ago? twenty years ago, almost something like that. Years ago. In the nineties, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was huge. It was. It was. It was a. It was a really well because Will Smith really was a big star, and Harry Connick Jr. had a uh, supporting role briefly in there too. Right. Also, one of the um, pilots, and of course the president was. And he was in both of those. Bill Pullman. Will Smith wasn't in the second one. No. He was referred to. His son is in the He's, second. His quote son. Right. Um, and then also, um, um, oh, Jeff Goldblum is one of the guys. Yeah, yeah, Jeff He's not Goldblum. Not the weird one. There's a weird guy. I don't know the actor's name who plays a really weird scientist. He's out there with it. I don't remember his name, but he plays Data on um, Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> That's oh, all I could give you. Yes, I do. I don't remember. Yep, I don't yep. remember his name. Um, yeah, Jeff Goldberg. That's who I was trying to think oh, of. Yeah. Bill Pullman was the president. Yeah. Mary McDonald was in there. Oh yes, um, it was. Judd Hirsch, he was in both. He's in both. As the father Robert. of Jeff Goldberg. And Robert, is it Loga? Ro Loja. Yeah, Loja? He, yeah. His last film was Resurgence because he died shortly thereafter. Yeah, Robert Loja. Yeah. A long history of a lot of TV and movies. He was actually nominated for a supporting actor award in Jagged Edge, which was with uh, Jeff Bridges and uh, Glenn Close. The one thriller I, in uh, San Francisco, by the way. Oh, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, the one movie he was in that, that I remember the most is Big mm -hmm. with Tom Hanks. Yep. He was the owner of the toy store, yep. and um, they played the piano together with their feet. I know you don't watch commercials, but CNN has a commercial where Wolf, uh, oh, just, just slipped my mind, Wolf and uh, Jake Tapper, both recreate that. Oh, really? And they say chopsticks at the end. Yeah. So. Well, I will. Uh, I will go one further with you. The greatest show, or I'm sorry, the greatest movie ever, which came out this spring. <laughs> Here we go. Has again. a scene where 
the bad guy, played by Mark Strong, is chasing him through a toy store. And he gets to the, uh, the they have one of those piano things on the floor. And he, you know, he didn't like play music or anything, but it was featured in there. The greatest movie. Yeah. Here are the movies that are coming out in the month of July. I try to do this once a month. So these are the ones that are coming out that we would be interested in. I guess I should clarify. Yeah, we, we do edit out. some of this, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And I'll go through these real quick. Got July 2nd, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, I'll use one word to describe it. Awesome. Next, we'll go to July 12th. Uh, there's a movie called Stuber, S-T-U-B-E-R. Uh, a comedy with, uh, I'm sure going to m- murder his name, Kamal Majani. He's a funny comedian. Uh, David Batista, along with Amelia Pond. Well, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you know who Amelia Pond is. So the actor is Karen Gillan. Um, it looks funny. Batista's a cop. Uh, the other guy's a Lyft or an Uber driver, and it, it just, it's a train wreck, but a funny train wreck. July 19th, The Lion King. Looks like a good one. Disney, of course. And then finally, July 26th, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is a, uh, a Quentin Tarantino movie starring almost everybody. I saw a trailer to that just recently, and it's Brad Pitt and... Got Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio. Di- Di- DiCaprio, the two of them, the big stars... And as I gather it, and this is just from one glimpse, it looks a little weird, but then it moves into the Manson murders because Sharon Tate is played by some actress, an actress that slips my mind. It's not one I'm familiar with. And when you get to that, it's going to take a real Tarantino twist because if he recreates the Manson murders, I don't know where Pitt and who DiCaprio are playing, but it's, it's going to be dark. We have Margot Robbie's in it. Yes, she's playing Sharon Tate. Dakota Fanning, Al Pacino's in it, Tim uh, Roth, Brewster, well, Kurt Russell, and a it, bunch of others. Well, so. it's if you're a Tarantino fan, but it, and I love those care, I love some of those actors. Uh, but anyway, what's the clock on the wall telling us, Eddie? Well, Johnny, looks like it's that time again. But before I turn it over to you, as always, thank you for listening and subscribing to our show. We'd be grateful if you would leave a review, and if you haven't had a chance yet to subscribe, please do. I'm excited about next week's podcast in honor of the baseball all-star game. We're going to be talking baseball movies. The question, does Robert Shaw play anything related to baseball? I don't think so. Okay, just checking. (laughs) Um, Then in a few weeks, we will actually have a show honoring uh, the NASA, the Apollo 11, landing on the moon. Uh, So we're going to have... NASA theme. The uh, Kind of like the space race type of thing. Also, the 40th anniversary of the original Muppet movies. I mentioned this last week. We're going to be talking Jim Henson. That'll be the first week in August. Please tell your family and friends. Anyone can listen for free on Apple Podcasts. New episodes drop every Monday. As I mentioned last week, Johnny's blog is up and running. There you will find additional commentary, show notes, and references that were mentioned in the show. I guess I should correct myself. It's not running yet, uh, since there's only two blog episodes available. I know. I'm, I'm trying to catch up. I'm, I'm I, really trying to catch up. I know. My I apologies. Know. The easiest way to subscribe to our podcast is to visit our website, we'retalkingmovies.com. Scroll into the bottom of the page and click in the Apple Podcast button. Podcast is also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Double Twist, Palooza. That one, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyways, Podcast Pup, Podcast Blaster, and Radio Public. They're nice enough that they have our podcast on there. 
I just did Plazoo or, or something like that. Anyway, if you have a show idea or if you just want to say, hey, Popcorn, why is it taking you so long to catch up on the blog episodes? Send a comment through our website, DM us on Instagram at We Talkin Movies, or tweet us at We Talkin Movies. That's it for me. You know, someday it might be easier to list who we're not on instead of who we are on. <laughs> well, <laughs> there are a few more that uh, we're due to be on, but yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's well, funny. That's the funny part of it. All right. Well, looks like that's all for today, folks. Until next time. Keep your eyes on the silver screen, and as we fade to black, this is Johnny Popcorn and Eddie Klieg saying so long till we're talking again. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Please clear the set.